Coming up today on Simple Faith, the dangers and consequences of disobedience. When we go against the clear teachings of the Word of God, when we decide that we can ignore the Bible, either in what we do or what we don't do, sins of omission or sins of commission, notice what it says our way is. We've gone into the way that is perverse before the Lord. Oh, well, God doesn't really care. It's all under grace. It's all No, you see, all of a sudden we become those who are opposing the Lord. We go into a way that is perverse before him. We think a lot of times that perversity is only in the sexual perversity. and Oh, that's really this or gross. But to God, it is a very perverse thing to oppose him in his clear word. in Christ. This is Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry from Simple Faith Calvary Chapel in Vancouver, Washington. Someone asked your co-workers or your classmates if you were a Christian or not, what would their response be? A resounding yes? Or would they have a kind of a puzzled look on their face? Today as we continue our look at the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we'll see what God's Word has to say about swimming against the world's current and living for Christ no matter what. We're looking at the letter from the Lord to the church in Pergamum right now. Here's Pastor Bill Henry. Again, we're in Revelation chapter 2. We're going to be specifically looking at verses 14 through 16. But let's go ahead. We'll start in reading in verse 12 and read the letter and then come back. Revelation 2 verse 12, it says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamus write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly, and will fight against you them with the sword of my mouth. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it so as we come once again uh, to this letter here uh, to the church there in pergamus is jesus is writing seven letters uh, in chapters two and three here in revelation um, basically we continue with the third letter uh, remember last time we talked about how ephesus uh, was written to what's called the loveless church uh, and then the authors, uh, you know, the same commentator said the church in uh, Smyrna was the church to the persecuted church. Uh, and then here, the church in Pergamos is called the compromising church. Now, last week we studied how important uh, that doctrine is, biblical doctrine, that we hold on to biblical doctrine above all else, above, uh, say, even the doctrine of our church or whatever it might be, uh, and anything that goes against the Word of God. 
uh, that we are to stand up against because here in Pergamos, they were putting up with doctrines that were not of the Lord. Uh, they were brought in from outside and yet embraced within the church. Look at verse 14 again with me. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So we need to understand that doctrine does matter. Biblical doctrine is a very serious issue. Uh, and here in the church in Pergamos, they're embracing uh, two false doctrines. Uh, and notice it says here, you've allowed in those who are embracing these doctrines. They, they kind of opened up the door and said, oh, come on in. It doesn't matter. We'll take everybody uh, who comes in the name of Jesus. But notice here, some are holding first. Well, let's look at these two different doctrines. The first one, notice it says here within our scripture, holding on to the doctrine of Balaam. And notice even here within our scripture, it kind of breaks down what this teaching was. Notice it says, Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, uh, and to commit sexual immorality. Uh, and so this is the doctrine of Balaam. It was uh, basically the theory, I want to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel because we couldn't curse them. Uh, let's entice them to fall into sin instead. Uh, and we all remember Balaam, I think, as far as uh, from Sunday school, probably with the talking donkey. Uh, you know, and I think there's even a song about Balaam's talking donkey. I don't remember, but, uh, you know, so here's the thing. Uh, if you'll turn with me to Numbers 22, we'll kind of look briefly at what happened. What, why is this called the doctrine of Balaam? Uh, Numbers chapter 22. We're just going to kind of skip around in this story. As we come into number 22, what's basically happening is there's a fellow named Balak. And he's the king of the Moabites. Uh, the same guy that uh, Jesus mentions here in Revelation 2. And he's upset. Uh, he's afraid because Israel, under the mighty hand of God, who has come out of Egypt and is now finally going into the land, uh, he's afraid because uh, they defeated the Amorites and they're just, they're, uh, they're unstoppable. And in Numbers chapters 22, 23, and 24, uh, we see the story of Balak. Uh, and he basically goes to a prophet named Balaam and seeks to pay him. Uh, to not bless the people of the Lord, but to curse the people of the Lord. So oddly enough, we read that Balaam went to the Lord to see if he could curse Israel. He comes to the Lord and prays, Hey, Lord, can I curse Israel? And if you look in verse 7 of Numbers 22, we read this. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. And so the messengers of Balak, 
<laughs> they went, we're going to keep going here in chapter 22, just a moment. But basically, they sent back to, they went back to Balak and said, hey, Balaam said that his God said that he couldn't come with us uh, and that he can't curse the people. But Balak didn't give up. The king said, well, I'm going to send more important people, more important princes to go, more money uh, to try to entice him to come and to curse the people. And so in Numbers 22, uh, it's interesting that Balaam sought the Lord again. Look at uh, verse 18. It says there, Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, uh, Though Balak were to give me uh, his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please, uh, you also stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing if you don't pick up on it here that Balaam has already gone to the Lord. The Lord said, no, don't go with them. No, do not curse God's people. They're my people. That You can't curse them. Um, but now Balak, you see, they come back and obviously they're bringing more silver and gold. Oh, well, even if you filled up, you know, Balak's whole house with gold and silver, I, I couldn't do this. But why don't you stay the night? I'm going to go seek the Lord again. Let me go see if I can't get God to change his mind in my paraphrase. And so have you ever done that? Has the Lord ever kind of given you a clear no on something? You say, hey, Lord, can I do this? And you go to the Bible and it says, no, do not do that. Well, and then we go back a lot of times. But Lord, I really want to do this. I really, this, this, this looks so good, Lord. Uh, and, and so this is what happens. Uh, and look at verse 20. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that shall you do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Now, did you notice something there? God gave a condition. Notice he says back in verse 20, If the men come to call you, Rise and go with them. Notice, uh, we don't have, in verse 21, the men didn't come to, to Balaam. What did Balaam do? He went to them. Notice that. He just went, he, so Balaam rose in the morning, said, I was donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. So he's ignoring what God told him to do. He's going with them. All right, guys, let's go. Verse 22, Then God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way of his adversary. So now Balaam has become his adversary. Now he was riding on the donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the road and went into the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn her onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between the vineyards with the wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam and Balaam's anger was kindled. And he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Now, 
it's interesting. We might find it strange that the donkey speaks. I find it stranger that Balaam just answers now without even noticing. He's so angry. You ever been that angry, by the way? You're driving down the road, somebody cuts you off. Robert, did you see that? Who are you talking to? Nobody, man. Verse 29, and Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made me a fool, I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, and forgive me, the inflections are for me. Am I not your donkey, on which you've ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down and fell on his face, and the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you. Because your way is perverse before me. And just stop there for just a second. Just a quick side note. Beloved in Christ, when we go against the clear teachings of the word of God, when we decide that we can ignore the Bible, either in what we do or what we don't do, sins of omission or sins of commission, notice what it says our way is. We've gone into the way that is perverse before the Lord. Oh, well, God doesn't really care. It's all under grace. It's all No, you see, all of a sudden we become those who are opposing the Lord. We go into a way that is perverse before him. We think a lot of times that perversity is only in the sexual perversity. and Oh, that's really this or gross. But to God, it is a very perverse thing to oppose him in his clear word. And so, verse 33, the donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside for me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back. Now, Balaam already knew it was evil in the sight of the Lord. He'd already gone against the will of the Lord, and yet he still doesn't, notice he kind of repents, but he doesn't repent. Well, if you want me to, I'll turn back. Verse 35, And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only to the, the word I tell you. Again, notice that. But speak only the word I tell you. So Balaam went on with the princes of Balak. So now he's going to talk with Balak. And it's interesting because I don't want to go too far down this road, but notice the Lord told Balaam, he says, hey, speak only the word that I tell you. Oh, what a blessed, uh, even, uh, I don't know, just a blessed thing, a blessed command, if you will, for pastors today that we would only speak that which God has spoken in his word. That we would come back to the teaching of the word of God. And, and forget about all the other junk. I don't need to tell you about my dog, you know, and, and this and that, and, and how happy you can have a marriage, and how you can, you know, succeed in the world today. I, I, my heart is to equip you for the work of the ministry. To draw you closer unto the Lord through the teaching of the word of God as you're being prayed for. But to be a pastor who is, you know what, I only want to speak what the Lord says through his word, by his spirit. 
And, and this is what a great word for all pastors today and, and to be reminded of. Now we continue. Look at verse 38. Um, is now Balak is, in, is speaking uh, with Balaam. Uh, Balaam says to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. Have I now any power to speak uh, my, to, of my own to speak anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that I must speak. And yet he still goes with Balak. He goes with them, and they go to this place called Bamath Baal uh, up on these hills, and they could see the millions of Israelites down below them. And basically, Balak had built seven altars and, and said, Okay, now I want you to curse the people of Israel. And so Balaam even tries to go, Okay, I'll try to curse the people of Israel. And as he try, goes to curse the people of Israel, you know what comes out? Blessings. Blessings instead of cursings. He tried to do it four times. And every time, and Balak was getting angrier and angrier and angrier. No, 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 I didn't say to bless them. I want you to curse them. And yet he couldn't because God would not allow it. God would not allow this to happen. So basically, uh, Balak got angry with Balaam, or Balaam and, and Balaam departed back on his donkey. I wonder what they talked about on the way back. Yet something odd started to happen then in the camp of Israel. And again, you're wondering, what in the world does this have to do with the doctrine of Balaam? Well, we're getting to that. See, just after Balaam left, if you're still, you don't have to turn. Well, yeah, turn with me to Numbers 24, please. Just over, you know, a couple pages to the right. Numbers 24, at verse 25. So Balaam rose and departed and returned to his place. Balak went his own way. Now look at verse 1 of chapter 25. Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. Well, that's kind of interesting. Right after Balaam left, all of a sudden the people of Israel are committing harlotry. Look at verse 2. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people of Israel and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. Verse 5, so Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. So how could this suddenly happen in the camp of Israel right after Balaam was trying to curse them um, and, and it, it didn't work? Uh, what's interesting is all of a sudden we read they're committing holotry, they're committing fornication and sexual sins with these women from Moab that were coming amongst them. And they were starting to worship their false gods. And they were doing this mainly uh, eating of meats that had been offered to these false idols and gods. And so how did this happen? It happened through the counsel of Balaam. You see, Balaam said to Balak, he said, look, I can't curse the people of God, but let me tell you how to get them to stumble. Now look at, if you don't have to turn there, but Numbers 31, verses 15 and 16, we read this. And Moses said to them, have you kept all the women alive? Look, these women caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam 
Notice, through the counsel of Balaam, to trespass against the Lord in, 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 uh, in, in an incident of Peor, and there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. You see, Balaam wasn't allowed to curse the people of Israel. So what he did, he said, hey, Balak, look, get your women to go in amongst the people of Israel, get them to commit adultery, get them to commit fornication with these women, and then get them to, to worship the false gods. And even though I can't curse them, that will bring the curse of God upon the people of Israel. Now come back to Revelation chapter 2 with me. Notice where it says here in our text, it says, who taught Balak, the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak, Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to vials, and to commit sexual adultery. Beloved in Christ, what was happening there in the, in, you know, the church there in Pergamos was the same thing that had happened with Balaam and Balak. These people came into the church they're welcomed into the church and they're bringing these doctrines, these doctrines that are, are, are false doctrines. They're doctrines of sexuality, we're told here. They're doctrines of idols. But notice, they were purposely sent into that church to stumble the people of Israel and the people there in Pergamos. It was a purposeful act. Today, there are people purposely trying to get Christians to stumble. You and I to stumble in our faith, to stumble in our doctrine, to stumble in our walks with Jesus Christ, to have a faith that is not a whole faith, a faith that has, you know, this, this knowledge, but there's no power. To walk in a way that's kind of half in the world and half in the church, half in Jesus Christ. To be compromising. And notice the stumbling box used here was to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So the church there in Pergamos, they'd been duped just as the Israelites had many, many, been many years before. These people come, had come into the church and instead of repenting of their sexual sins and their sins of idolatry, they embraced their sexual sins and brought them into the church. They embraced their sins of idolatry and brought them into the church. Now, it's interesting. The, the, the view that takes these letters, one of the views, if you remember, when we talked about the seven letters, is that it talks about the seven periods of church history as well. And this is about the time in church history when the Catholic Church, quote-unquote, would have been born, the Roman Catholic Church, as Christianity became the uh, official faith of Rome. And all of a sudden, they brought in all this paganism into Christianity. And it's an, a very interesting picture that we see. But let's come back to, to what's going on here. Notice, they're, to eat things, you know... Um, uh, sacrifice to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Now, what's interesting is in the early church, you'll remember in the book of Acts, uh, there was some stuff going on, some friction, some fighting was going on as Paul and Barnabas were going to these towns and they're preaching the gospel and the Lord is bringing many people to Christ. And oh, it's a beautiful picture. But then they would leave, they'd set up, they'd set appoint leaders, and, and they'd go to the next town and start sharing the gospel. And then these people called Judaizers would come behind them without their knowledge. 
And they would start to teach these new believers, oh, yes, we believe in Jesus. Oh, yes, saved by grace through faith. Oh, yes. But they would begin then to add on to the gospel. They would say, well, now you need to be circumcised. Now you need to start to keep um, all the traditions of the Jews. You need to keep the law if you want to keep being saved. And so there was a big fight, a big tassel. So they went, uh, Paul and Barnabas went with some of these fellows uh, to Jerusalem. And they went uh, to the council, what we call the first council in Jerusalem. And basically they, you know, talked about this. Well, what should we do? Uh, and so they ended up, uh, James uh, wrote a letter and said, well, send this to back to the Gentile churches. And this is basically what the letter says in Acts 15, 28 and 29. You don't have to turn there. It says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Thanks for joining us for Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry, the senior pastor at Simple Faith Calvary Chapel in Vancouver, Washington. Now, if you were blessed by today's message in the book of Revelation, or you missed some of it, or you'd like to share it with a friend, go to our website and watch the video at simplefaith.org. That's simplefaith.org, and just click on the media tab at the top of the homepage. And if you'd like to contact us via the U.S. mail, our mailing address is P.O. Box 55, Battleground, Washington, 98604. Now here at Simple Faith Calvary Chapel, we have three services every Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. So if you're looking for a church home in the Vancouver, Washington area, make plans to join us for fellowship, worship, and a great time in God's Word. Again, that's 8.30, 10, and 11.30 every Sunday morning. And again, for directions or more information, go to our website, simplefaith.org. Thanks for joining us today and be sure to set aside another half hour next weekend at the same time as our study in Revelation continues here on Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry. Brought to you by Simple Faith Calvary Chapel. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Music